Welcome to You, Me, and the SEC, the podcast about the intersection of SEC football and culture. And we have come to the most holiest time of the summer. Most holiest. No. No. Most holy. Sure. Yes. Uh, SEC Media Days. It's talking season. That's right. As they call it. And this year, we were blessed for SEC Media Days to come to Atlanta, just down the street from us. Because last year it was in Birmingham, it's right? It's always in Hoover. Yeah, it's southern Birmingham. It's where the big mall is over there. I don't, I know nothing about Birmingham. Mm-hmm. I know there's a Bucky's there. Okay. Uh, in Leeds. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in Hoover is where they always have SEC Media Days, but not this year. Did you ever watch Two-A-Days when it was on, I think it was MTV? No. What is that? It was like, uh, oh, man. It was a... Um, reality tv show i don't i don't watch trash and TV, it so. was about like this football team it was who i think it was hoover high school and okay they had two a days and it was it was like i really feel it was like it was like in a laguna beach time so like early so what 2000s. happened did they how did that play itself out honestly i don't remember i just remember i like really loved it okay so good talk yeah great um but that's that was my first knowledge of hoover was that's where the two a days is. Okay. So well that's the last we'll be talking about Hoover because again it was not there. It was in Atlanta and you would think we were so close, right? Twenty minutes down the road into Atlanta. You me and the SEC would be there, but you had the work. Well no, how do we get invited? Tell me, because this is I've now decided this is my goal in life. Is this we'll go we'll come back one day and listen to this podcast and yes. say this is where we spoke it into existence. Yes. You have to like fill out all this paperwork. You have to request. Like, we could do it. Really? Yeah, we could fill it out and, and request. Like, it, there's nothing that stops us from requesting, as far as I know. Okay. Like, I'm the gonna, paperwork gonna, is out there. I can do paperwork. Paperwork has not stopped me before in my life. So. Is that true? Yes, it's true. Okay. Okay. Well, I'll give it to you, and then. So, 2023, you, me, and the SEC. What if we do an episode where we're filling out the paperwork to try to. Mm. It'll be about as successful as me trying to fill out the paperwork to get master's tickets. Yeah, which so I we heard get you shut out of that. that. No, uh, again, denied. Yeah. But no, we did not go. Uh, and we really didn't watch much. Remember last year when we were gung ho about everything and about life? And uh, we, we had episodes every night. And this year, it's just every night we were like, do you want now? But we're here and we're going to talk about the whole thing in one. And really, if. We don't talk about a team. It's because they had nothing good to say. Because right. I thought overall it was kind of boring. I did too. Like sometimes when we were like, should we do an episode tonight? And it's like, well, there's not like a whole lot to talk about. I mean, we would get 45 minutes out of it. We because probably that's what would. We did, but that's true. It, but... it, it, there was nothing that, that grabbed. And there was everything was there. Like, But I feel like there's so much emphasis on things in college football that are not on the field mm-hmm. that people it's like the oxygen is being sucked out of the room for the fact that we actually have a season starting in like a month and three days mm-hmm. is when the the week zero begins uh, so I, for some reason it just didn't really pop but there were a few things here and there that that happened that piqued our interest mm-hmm. so to speak so like i don't know where do you want to start i don't know why don't you start somewhere <laughs> throw a dart where do we um, land? All right. One thing that I thought was interesting, and I always think is interesting about um, media days, is seeing whose quarterback is locked and who they still have a quarterback um, battle. Competition. Competition. Yeah. So from your memory, because I didn't write this down, who still has some quarterback competitions well, of note? As far as quarterbacks go, this is one of the strongest – well, maybe not strongest, but – there are more teams that I think have that question figured out mm-hmm. than have in maybe some past years. Because yeah. I think the only teams that there are questions about whether or not the, the, or whoever, they're going to play a quarterback. Of who that quarterback's going to be, Missouri's in that camp, Texas A&M, Auburn, and that might be it. Who's Old Miss? Uh, the Ole, Ole Miss yeah, is in that boat, too. Thought. Yeah, Ole Miss is in that boat, but I, I can't really off the top of my head think of any others. And it's interesting because even those teams that don't know who's going to play, we know the character. We know a lot of the characters. Like, for example, at Texas A&M, Max Johnson, who was at mm-hmm. LSU, 
uh, versus Haynes King, who was their starting quarterback mm-hmm. uh, before he got hurt last year. At Auburn, it's going to be either T.J. Finley, who was at LSU, or Zach Calzada, who came from Texas A&M. So, yeah. uh, and even like Ole Miss, like has the the transfer Jackson Dart, which is an A plus name. Very much right. So. I mean, very nice. And then Luke Altmaier, who came in for Matt Corral in the bowl game in the Sugar Bowl last year. So we know a lot of these characters already. And I think that's what makes I think this season very captivating for the SEC is that you've got all these quarterbacks that people know. Everybody was making a, t- a quarterback ranking mm. at media day. Like, who's your top five quarterbacks? So, right. what what do you think off the off the dome? Top who, five. Who are even those quarterbacks that you know coming back that that have that starting appeal and that star power? Um. Okay. Well, let's start with Georgia because that's just usually where my brain goes. Um. And we've got Stetson Bennett, who was there. The third. The third. Yeah, I put apologize. some respect on his name. Or is he the fourth? He's the fourth. He's the yeah, fourth. Put some respect on that. Man. Um, Daddy Stetson. Uh he was there at Media Days. He did. Um, and um Kirby called him the most underrated quarterback in the country. Probably so. Not underrated. Um is that what he said? It, well, that would fit, I think. It's like under appreciated or undervalued. I can't. I think of the word, but anyways, um, and I don't know. What do you think about that? Do you think that's true? Do you think that he, because he's coming back, he's we call him the thirty-five-year-old postman, right? He's coming back for like his sixth season. It feels like, and um, he, you know, brought us to what no other quarterback could do since nineteen eighty. But he didn't do it. That's the question. Yeah, come on. So, you know, when <laughs> I don't even know if we talked about this in February, January, February, when he announced that he was coming back. Right. But, you know, I think there was some mixed feelings, at least in the Georgia camp of like, did we kind of want him to just go ahead and like hang his hat and be like, thank you for your service and let's move on to somebody else. But he is back. Um, and I, I'm, very interested to see how this will go. I'm also very nervous. Yeah, he is like you you watch him out there. And I think a lot of it has to do with two years ago in the COVID year where he played and was not ready and didn't play very well. And that's what kept Georgia from winning the East was well, one of the reasons was the quarterback play. But I think that image, that was our first impressions of him. And it's hard to separate what he does now versus what he did then because Georgia has never needed him to win the game. Mm-hmm. Georgia didn't need Stetson Bennett to be the star last year. Right. And I don't even think they're going to need him to be the star this year. I guess that's the question. So how do they you, need him to be. So how do you, like, differentiate between, like, <clears throat> Stetson Bennett is a top three SEC quarterback uh, when he's, you know, throwing for 200 yards a game and, you know, it's kind of a – ball control mm-hmm. type thing where Georgia just suffocates you. Are you giving him the credit for being there in the top three? I I don't know. It's a very difficult thing to, to, to measure. Yeah. Uh, I think what makes him so great is his ability to scramble. And I don't think – you watch it and you look at him, you're like, well, I mean, he's a sitting duck back there, but he's as mobile as any of these top quarterbacks in the SEC. Mm-hmm. So <clears throat> I think um, – you know, it's so crazy because he gets so much of the chatter and the talk, and then, of course, his opposite number in the West is your reigning Heisman Trophy winner. Right. And with Bryce Young back, I mean, everyone just kind of anoints him as number one quarterback in the um, in the conference. But then again, how much of his development and his success last year was because of all the targets that he had. Yeah, um, but he got Heisman. I mean, right, Stetson but I, wasn't up for Right, but Stetson also didn't have the wide receivers yeah, that's that true. Bryce Young had last year. So, I don't know. It's it's interesting balance because when you talk to, like, a pro uh, a pro scout, they're looking at some different things beyond, like, are they just winning the game? You know, if and that's where looking at these t- quarterback rankings, you're not looking just at, like, who are the most talented as they project to the NFL, who's winning the games, who's uh, – keeping their team in games, mm-hmm. who's overperforming versus their team's expectations. It's very interesting to kind of measure all these five together or all these quarterbacks together when it comes to that. And I feel like there's a there's a handful of quarterbacks too that I mean Stetson and Bryce, we've seen what they can do. We know they're good or 
you know, have had good teams and success. I feel like there's a handful of quarterbacks that have had this hype or had this potential, but we haven't seen it yet. Those are interesting. So we're looking at Florida yeah, with Anthony Richardson. Mm-hmm. So what was that other guy's name from last year? Emory Jones that, for Florida. Yeah, so yeah, he's gone. He's gone. Yeah, so now Anthony Richardson <clears throat> definitely will be starting. Right. Right, and the hype is even more high around him. Right. And then you also have um, Spencer Rattler. Yeah. Right? So Interesting like, story. Right. So, like, what's he going to do? Right? Yeah, so Spencer Rattler is South Carolina's quarterback. If you're like, who's that? Transfer from Oklahoma. Uber talented. Had a very difficult opening to the season last year and was eventually benched uh, for a Caleb Williams, who is no longer at Oklahoma himself as well. Right. He's gone to Southern Cal. Uh, but Rattler is very talented, a lot of arm talent, and, you know, the media likes nothing more than hyping up South Carolina um, when it comes to their uh, their potential in the SEC East. Well, I mean, how can you not have hype with Shane Beamer? I just feel like if he came in the room, I would buy well, what he was selling. We'll get to him in a minute. <laughs> uh, so you have Rattler, you have Richardson, you have Will Levis. The, okay. The golden boy. The mayonnaise coffee drinking. The mayonnaise coffee banana eating gunslinger. Yeah, he's he's weird. I think I think we're gonna look back in five years and be like, he was really good, but he was weird. He turned out to be a kind of a weirdo. He knows how to play the social media game, and uh, it'll be interesting to see his development without Wondell Robinson, mm-hmm. uh, who is off to the NFL. Um, who else do we have in the East? Um, Hendon Hooker. Right. Or so Tennessee. Ten- who- Tennessee had a uh, quarterback issue last year, right? A battle last year. Right, at like the beginning. The whole, well, I think in the, season. in the whole season. Right. So not this year. Well, and Hooker is a transfer quarterback from Virginia Tech, uh, and it really settled in into the high pole, throw it all the time, fast pace, crazy pace. So you know he's going to throw up some crazy stats. He probably has the most talented wide receiver that returns. Uh, when Cedric uh, Cedric Tillman. Uh, so you have Hooker, and then if you go over to are we forgetting anybody else in the East? I think that I think that hits everybody. Uh, when when you go over to the West, uh, you have Will Rogers mm-hmm. at Mississippi State, uh, who again Mike Leach air raid. Uh, he's going to throw it around all the time. KJ Jefferson at Arkansas, who's kind of Cam Newton light, mm-hmm. uh, and models his game after that. So the moral of the story is that there's quarterbacks everywhere, and we'll get into our season previews that we get into in August. We'll we'll talk a little bit more about those quarterback potentials. But I, I think that is going to be one of the, the big stories throughout the season is you have all these characters at quarterback. Um, it'll be interesting to see how they navigate the, the season as it goes. Um, one of the things also that strikes me weird about media days is that when Greg Sankey, the, the conference commissioner, when he introduces the coaches, n- nobody claps and they have to awkwardly in silence, walk up to the podium. Yeah. I but, can't remember if we talked about this last year or not, but it was like jarring again because you just aren't used to like in what other setting would that happen? Right, exactly. So, like, and Sankey, like, talks about each coach for, like, a minute or two, and then he's like, all right, and here is Nick Saban and nothing. Right, which I get. I get it. Right, I mean, the media, I understand it logically, but, like, aesthetically, it's weird. Yeah, that's true. And you need, like, maybe two or three fans from each team in there. Mm -hmm. Uh, That, I think, would really, like, uh, just, uh, just take the edge off of it a little bit. Uh, Another thing, kind of overall, which I've, I've, for this season, just going into it uh, overall, and then we'll talk about some like individual teams and coaches and, and what they said, is that everybody knows Georgia and Bama are going to win the divisions. Like that's, that's pretty easy to predict. And everyone knows that Vandy will be Vandy. But aside from that, from 3 to 13, like you could put two of each teams on a field, two of those teams on a field, neutral field. I, I don't. I think any of them could beat the other mm-hmm. on any given night, which is going to make for a fascinating season. And I think you're going to see a lot of teams at five and three, four and four, three and five mm-hmm. in the conference when it shakes out that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I I don't know. This is interesting to me. I don't know if it's interesting to me because I'm one like my team's one of the teams that is not 
not in Yes, that. you're in the elite. Yes, I understand. <laughs> but, like, I think that, like, I could, wa- like, throw on one of those games just watching it, and it's going to be good. Well, that's what makes it fun, is that you have, like, every week you're going to have two or three games that this should be a game that goes down to the wire. Mm-hmm. Now, I think what you'll have is you'll have one or two of those teams that will rise above and kind of show themselves, and you'll have one or two that just are stinky. And it's yeah. going to be tremendously disappointing because I think, and this is maybe the trajectory of the conference as it is in re- relation to all of college football, but there isn't one team that's looking at the season. Well, there may be one. We're looking at you, Auburn. But I think there, every other team is looking at this season and, and is genuinely hopeful mm-hmm. <clears throat> that they expect that their team is better and contending uh, for maybe not the division, but at least 10 wins. Yeah, uh, to do what Ole Miss and Kentucky did last year. So you think Missouri is like that? I think yeah, sure. Why not? Right? Okay. Uh, you know, they were five and five the COVID year, and they took a little step back last year. But you know, hopefully what? the defense is a little better. You never know. Eight wins could happen. That's true. I don't think ten wins. I'm not well, predicting that. One of the things I'm excited about is <clears throat> I think the East is going to be better overall. Yeah, I think they're they're going to be closer. I think the West is awesome, but I think those bottom tier or bottom half teams in the East are all improving mm-hmm. and getting better. Yeah, so, I mean, again, I don't want a good Florida. I don't want a good Tennessee, and Lord help me, I don't want a good South Carolina. But it does make it more interesting. But for Georgia, it's all relative because <laughs> you could say, oh, South Carolina, you're cute, eight wins, right? I mean, you have privilege. That's just the way it is. Yeah, I guess so. We'll see. I don't know if there's so such thing. We have Georgia has not proved its privilege yet. We had a good season. You were in the elite of college football, so you okay. can you can sit back. Okay. okay. Um, so what uh, story or what coach's appearance uh, got you interested and intrigued? Um, I let's talk about Sweet Sam. Oh, Sweet Sam. Yes. Gosh, he's so fun. Like I think I think there's like, you know, I think it was last year or maybe the. No, it was last year that he came in and was like, this is my last coaching job. I'm not going anywhere. I love Arkansas. I love the people. And, like, he has hunkered down there. And there's something to say about that, you know, where he he has a level of comfort that's like, these are my people, Mm -hmm. and I'm here. And I don't know. I I really like that about his his presence there. I think if you're in that, Arkansas is mid-tier SEC. And you are, I think, in that position, if you get a coach that has success, you're always going to be worried about that coach looking for the the, the big six mm-hmm. SEC jobs, if not another uh, another job. But I think that after having a terrible run, for him just to come in and bam, I mean, they're fun, they're they're enthusiastic, they're they're a joy to watch, and his demeanor is so fun. He had the TV interview on the SEC Network where I was just sitting back. I was like, this guy is like a backwoods rural church preacher. Mm-hmm. I mean, he has the look. Mm-hmm. You can tell he's had a potluck or two over the years, and he really just enjoys, I think, the process of people mm-hmm. and just the enjoys that moment of getting to know people and really feeling very comfortable in his own skin. I think of all the coaches in the SEC, there's no one more comfortable with his role and where he is than Sam Pittman, at least in my eyes. And then we have to talk about the slobbering hog statue. Oh, what is this? Oh, do you not know? I don't think I, I, I do. Put the picture in the notes. Oh, Did you okay. not see it? Look at that. So they bought a new house, apparently. He got a big new deal, a new contract. and like. Oh, I didn't know what that was. Oh, that is... <laughs> I thought something was on fire. Honestly, I didn't even think about that that picture was in there. So he like bought a house or by a lake, and you like you need to just Google slobbering hog statue and look at it in context, like during the day, what it looks like. But they asked him about it at SEC Media Days because this came out a little bit a while ago. They bought a house and like it had a marlin there by the lake, like this big marlin statue, and it apparently got washed out or something, and it, it collapsed or something. And Sam Pittman was like, you know what? We're not going to replace it with a fish statue. We're going to replace it with a slobbering hog. Y'all, hogs are so ugly. <laughs> I'm looking at this statue. There's nothing pretty about that. I mean, it's, a ter- it's, it's terribly ugly. But it, it is, again, evidence that this man is very comfortable in his own skin. 
And to to put that statue, and of course, I will, as I always do, we'll put it in the show notes. You got to check out the sculpture because it is fantastic. So if you, so if we had to have a sculpture with a fountain, what would you want in our house? Not in our house, in our like front yard. Like what the sculpture would yeah. be of? Yeah. I don't know. Maybe like the UC Santa Cruz banana slugs. Okay. Do you know about the banana slugs? Um, I've heard of the banana slugs, but I don't think I know what a banana slug. I mean, looks I feel like. like everybody like the the Wildcat sculpture. I mean, there's going to be the obvious call, right? Is to put like a Kentucky sculpture, but you know, like that's what people expect. So put a banana slug out there. Now, what would you do? Um, I would see. I I think that I would go to like my 12 year old self and have like a dolphin, like something like really Lisa Frank like. You know, like dolphins and like a leopard. I don't know. I would get Lisa Frank. Would it be like purple and yellow and like those neon colors? Or because he's got this like red spotlight. I was about to say, or we'd get some lights. Yeah, like our neighbors. He's really. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) Party time over there. Uh, But uh, yeah, I mean, they're really enjoying it. He is too, and you can tell he's so comfortable. So, like, what do you want for Sweet Sam this year? Um, like I, I think I want him to continue to. To do, I want him to do what he did last year, to have a surprise win, surprise in our eyes, like Texas, go on some good runs, and yeah. just enjoy life. I have a crazy schedule. Play Cincinnati, first game of the year. Oh, well, good luck. Uh, they go to BYU. Are they um, good? I mean, it's BYU. Okay. Yeah, I, mean, I don't you know, know what that means. Tell me. What do you think it means? I don't know. Why? All I know is it's in Utah. What do you know? What else do you know about BYU? I think they're, I don't even know what their mascot is. It's they, a big Y. They're they, Mormon. They are Mormon. Okay, I know that. They're the Cougars. The Cougars. Uh-huh. Okay. See, I didn't know that. Cougar versus a Razorback. Who wins? Oh, I think a Cougar. But I don't know. His fountain Razorbacks. Yeah. I don't know. It's a pig at the end of the day. I think I'm going with the Cougar. Um, so, anyway, Arkansas. We'll see. People are high on Arkansas. So, I don't know. We'll so see. So, who stuck out to you? Oh, listen, Mike Leach. What a treat. What a treat. Um, So coaches, of course, they get up, they're introduced, and they go on this, like, long talk, right? They give a little introduction to the program. They have all these things to say. They're like, we're coming back. We got all this. We got Player X who's going to do some things. We got these folks making all this NIL money. We're the best of the best. Like Clark Lee, for instance, for Vandy, he went up there and – rolled out 2,340 words. Mm. I mean, he had a lot to say. And to be fair, it's the only time we're going to pay attention to the Vanderbilt. So, I That's mean, true. Knock shoot it, your shot. Yeah, shoot your shot, Clark. Uh, Shane Beamer, we'll get to Shane. Okay, we we got some takes on Shane. Uh, Shane, of course, he had a lot to say, 2,185 in terms of word use. Kirby Smart coming in with the bronze medal at 1,438. Then you had Sam Pittman, Nick Saban, Mark Stutz, Eli Drinkwitz, Josh Heupel, Billy Napier, Brian Harson, Jimbo Fisher, uh, Brian Kelly, Lane Kiffin, and then bringing up the rear, Mike Leach, who uttered a grand total of seven words in his opening statement. And I'll, I'll try to, like, pull up uh, what, it, the words what exactly. I think I remember what it is. Well, I, I want to get it right. I, you know, I, I want to give it respect. Um, so, you know, what do you, what do you think about uh, <clears throat> Mike Leach? I mean, first of all, what's, what's, your, uh, what's your take on Mike? You know, like, even comparing Mike Leach to Sam Pittman, like, there's a, I don't know, there's, like, a somebody in school who was, like, really well-liked and just, like, comfortable and, like, had friends with everybody. I feel like that's, that's Sam Pittman. And then I feel like it's, like, kind of the weird kid. But, like, he was he was fine. Like, he was fine. He, there was nothing bad. But it's just, like, he... Not everybody was friends with him because he just would do some off-putting things. Yeah, I feel like that he, <clears throat> again, feeling comfortable in his own skin, though. Yes, I think about Mike Leach is going to be comfortable as well, but he really is a legend. Uh, here, So Greg Sankey, he went on. I have the wordage here. This is from our friends at Saturday Down South. Mm-hmm. I, I think they're our friends. Sure. Uh, he he went on for 258 words talking about Mike Leach and Mississippi State, you know, on the on the switch or whatever. Uh, and and Mike Leach comes up there, no applause, right? Takes the mic, he says, "All right, I appreciate that. Any questions?" 
mean, just gold, yeah. right? So, you know, we love Mike Leach, uh, and he always has nothing to say. But he then, he then went on to give some uh, – one question uh, was about uh, what were his Netflix recommendations. Mm. And he had a few ideas. He, he really said – he was like, I really haven't watched a lot, but he talked about uh, a couple shows. Uh, are there any you've seen? Uh, well, he talked about Yellowstone, which okay. Uh, what do you what do you think about Yellowstone? I did didn't. did you watch any? No, we watched the first the pilot, and that's when the horse is like being decapitated. Yes, it's like the first. Why my friend Kelly, friend of the show, she recommended it and said it's good. And I watched. I said, "Is there any animal death? I don't do animal death." And she's like, "No, I don't think so." And the first freaking scene <laughs> is like a horse who got in a car accident and then they had to like kill the horse or something shoot it like in the that. head and i was like what and i tried i really did i tried the whole episode but there was still more it just it never grabbed me there yeah. wasn't anything to grab me by so i mean it's 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 it is what it is you've watched all uh, it's of it good. i mean it's like <laughs> it's kind of like what 24 was back in the day it's like well this is you know this ridiculous things are happening yeah like this is like how many unrealistic things can you pack into one thing that's fun to watch uh he he says he's up to date on better call saul okay which is a great show uh he says the kids got him into stranger things okay uh which you know we we certainly uh i can talk about that later because it's a good time uh he also had uh somebody asked him uh, right after he said, uh, the question was uh, about Severance, which I, I don't think you watch Severance with me, but no. it's a fantastic show on Apple TV. It's, the question was like, it's about mind control. You should check that out. Mike Leach said, don't try any funny stuff. I mean, it's just fantastic. <laughs> so Mike Leach, uh, always fun at SEC Media Days. That's right. Um, what Can we talk Are about? Are you okay over there? Are you I'm falling so- asleep? Like, no, what's happening? I have something in my eye. Oh. I'm sorry. Okay. Now, someone else made an appearance by name that we have to talk about, and that is Miss Terry. Oh, Miss Terry was there. Yes. Well, she probably was there. Well, no, she wasn't there. She wasn't? Oh, okay. No, that's... but Mr. Terry was there, and that's Nick Saban. <laughs> so Nick Saban came, um, and I don't know. He didn't really say anything super remarkable, I don't think, in my mind. Well, it's it's Christ coming down from heaven whenever oh, he graces the SEC media with his presence, and they all refer to him as Coach uh, and not Nick. He actually, like, was it him? who That happened last year. Somebody got freaked out over the fact that you shouldn't call Coach Saban Nick. I don't think it was him. Somebody did. I don't know. Never mind. What about Miss Terry? Um, so one of the questions that the media asked uh, Coach Saban was. Yeah, be um, careful. I know. Now I'm going to have to watch myself. Um, is, like, what is something some people would be surprised to know about you? And he had this answer very quickly. Yeah. And he said, and of course, he's like super um, like deadpan right. when he's saying this. So he's like, I think people would be really surprised to know that I'm really good at cleaning house. That Miss, every time I get home in the afternoons, Miss Terry has a list of things for me to do. I pledge the refrigerator. I do this. I do this. I do this. Now, I'm going to throw a flag because Nick clearly doesn't use pledge. Because pledge you use to dust. It's in I a think, yellow can. You use it to dust. You don't. You don't clean an appliance with pledge. Okay. How much do you know about pledge? A. Listen, I know every Saturday growing up, I was dusting all of my shelves. I know quite a bit about pledge. Okay. Thank you very much. Oh, I see some inner rage there. No, I'm just telling you. Like you're sitting over there in your judgy space, and you're like, "Well, this guy, I don't know about pledge. I know plenty, and I know you don't pledge a refrigerator. You this Windex is, that. This is what I think. I think you know how like. Older people call call things Xerox machines, even though that's like the brand name and not actually what it is. Okay. I think that this is an old person thing. Okay, so that you're he's saying pledging the refrigerator, and that's just what people call. So you're cleaning. calling Nick Saban old now? Yes, he he eats. He's going to remember that when he plays Georgia in the SEC he championship. Such a, he is such a granddad. He really is. He he's like so drinks sweet. black coffee and two oatmeal cream pies for breakfast every morning. Yeah, he's going to die soon, probably because of that. Uh, he also mentioned in that that he takes the trash out, which I found interesting. You know why? Why? So uh, let's talk about the mystery of college basketball. 
and that's Ellen Calipari. Correct. Uh, Ellen on her Instagram. Do you follow her on Instagram? I do. Yeah. So she's always talking about how her roommate fails time and time again to do one certain chore. And that's taking out the trash. Mm-hmm. So I found it interesting that Nick Saban was very quick to say, listen, this is one of my skills. You think that's a shot at Calipari? I don't. I'm just saying that it's, uh, I think nobody is, uh, SEC Media Days is thinking about it. Okay, I had a thought, though. I wish SEC basketball got the Media Days treatment. Yeah, why don't they? Well, they have it. But it's not like there's not, it's not, well, I mean, it's, not football, yeah. but what if it? Can you imagine the speech that Calipari would give? Oh, gosh. <laughs> it would be amazing. It would just be like the John amazing. Calipari show. That's why you want would. this. It would be just so for great. That. He has so his great. own John Calipari show with like Blue Madness. That's true. So That's true. The State fine. of the Union. Yes. Yes, but anyway, so yeah, Nick Saban speaking about. Uh, about how his his wife, Miss Terry, who is a friend of the show, right? Well, you know, she's who I really try to be. And so it, it made me feel like maybe I should give you a list like Miss Terry does. Uh, you have done that. Yeah, that's true. So we have I did. I did. I, used, I remember I called it a honeydew list. <laughs> and you had never heard that term before. No, honeydew is a fruit. And it's a bad <laughs> fruit at that. And I don't know what your word. <laughs> you and your phrases sometimes today. Yeah, this is a good one. Today. Coming around the side of the house. Do you have the weed whacker? <laughs> okay, so I was like, what is that? Like, we might have to get, might have to go a little <laughs> the explicit mark for saying that. <laughs> I was like, what is a weed whacker? <laughs> Normal people call it a weed eater. But what's now, a weed whacker? Now, now, have you ever used, I've never, we've been married nine years, I've never seen you do one ounce of outside work. Right? Because I'm under the impression that if you step outside to do work, you'll die of an asthma attack. <laughs> Well, that's that's the what I've been telling you, but I did. I got the weed whacker and I whacked some. You weeds. whacked you whacked those weeds, huh? Maybe <laughs> yes, you I should. Did. Maybe we should see if Nick Saban whacks those weeds. Okay. You know what's a weed to him? Jimbo Fisher. There we go. And it was interesting because nobody asked. This was fascinating to me. Nobody asked him about Jimbo Fisher. Not one question. Well, he said that he wasn't going to talk about it like four months ago. He was like, I'm done talking about it. And that's it. a media's in his pocket. It's right. It's just amazing. And they but no one asked him. him. And then Jimbo gets there on the last day. And the first four questions are either about Nick Saban or NIL. And it's just fascinating. It's like, where were these questions for Saban? Yeah, but he called a press conference. Like, to Jimbo? To, yes, to talk about, like, Right. NIL and all of this stuff. Right. Like, Nick did not do that. Yeah, but that doesn't mean the media can't ask him questions. Right. But, like, he is, Jimbo's going to be more open to that because he. Yeah, but that's not the media is not there to coddle. Like, you need to ask. That, that should have been their first question. Yeah. I mean, you're right. You're right. They should have very... been, like, have you, like, taken out the trash for Miss Terry? So, like, <laughs> come on, SEC media. You know, if we were there and we were asking questions, that is what we need to do. It's yes. like we need to think what would be the one question you'd ask all these coaches. Yes, this is why Could we're Could you do go. that where you would stand up in the middle of the room and ask them yes. in, in front of God Almighty and everyone there? And... Yeah, I might have to take like a shot of something before to get some courage for a couple of these coaches because sometimes they're terrifying. Do some weed whacking on the, you know, to get you fired up? Or... What? I don't know. I don't know. We'll cut that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Uh, let's see. Uh, Clark Lee is feeling himself. Uh-huh. He is feeling himself. Clark Lee, of course, uh, Lex Luthor by day, Vanderbilt football coach by night, says that we all know that Vanderbilt will be the best program in the country soon. I mean, it's sweet. I, I, this, listen. I, I hear other people, media talking heads, and they make fun of him and laugh at him for saying that. And so I am going to take the Miss Honey route. And I think is that Miss Honey from Matilda? Yes. Okay. It's just like a kind. Oh, like, okay. I route. see. Is that? I mean, what else is he supposed to think? You know, like how else is he supposed to build that program with and get the kind of kids to come play for him if they don't think that they could be in contention with everybody? He's got to say it. And I'm going to say this: there is a path for him to make Vanderbilt the best program. In the country, as long as your definition of best program is not just winning. Right. So if you're Clark Lee and you can say every year you come to Vandy, you win nine games a year. 
and then we get you that Vanderbilt education. We get you NIL and the Bachelorette Capital of the World. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, there is a you lot of... You play in the SEC. You play in the SEC. Yeah. So, and you can go to the NFL, or then again, that education in Vanderbilt. Like, there, there's a path. So, like, everybody's crushing him. I'm like, well, maybe he's on to something. Mm-hmm. And again, he's a Vanderbilt alum. Like, he knows, like, he's got a dog in the fight mm-hmm. previous. So, like, yeah, but everyone needs to, like, calm down. Yes, I was like really. Anytime was like we were all like just snickering when he would said that, like because that's just ridiculous. It's like shut up. I'm like, well, what? God can dream. Yes, and let him talk. Yeah, yeah. Some of these media people were really making me mad last week. Bold prediction: Vanderbilt will win an SEC game this year. Okay. I don't know who. All right. I'm not sure. You're not sure on that one. Sure. All right. Uh, they play their crossover game, and the the West is at Alabama. Okay, maybe so not that it will one. Will not be that game. Yeah. Uh, who else caught your attention? Um, we gonna talk about Shane because you've alluded to it a couple times. So last year, if we remember, it was Shane Beamer's first year, and no one really had any expectations, and he did really well. And then he like had that picture next to the Coke fountain, yeah, at the Arby's, at the Arby's, and like kind of mirroring um, Spurrier's, Spurrier's picture, like ten years, yeah. So, so what is he gonna do this year? Well, he releases a video. Tell me about the video. Give me the play-by-play. Um, so the video is him. I don't even know. It's. I'm going to describe it, and it's going to sound cringy because it was. It was very cringy. He, like, comes in, and he's, like, getting hyped up, and he somehow got, like, kids to come and hype up with him, and he, like, puts on sunglasses and a hat, and there's, like, a drop-down mic, and he's, like, uh, lip-singing, rapping to a song. I thought it was cool. <laughs> I'm not what, gonna lie. Are you going to enter your classrooms this year like that? No, I'm not a nerd. I'm not going to do that. Actually, that's a good idea. I have to work on that. I got a week please to put don't. that together. No, 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 no. Please don't. Oh, why not? Because I'm, I could be my the name shame, is attached to you. I could be you. the Shane Beamer of Marietta High School. Oh, okay, well, we'll talk about it later. I, okay, so like, it's hard for me. What is Piper wants something? Piper has things to say about Shane Beamer. Um, she thought it was cool. Yeah. Uh, I okay, so this is hard for me because I have to separate my my Kentucky fandom here because Kentucky has like filled a space in the SEC East that South Carolina filled for like ten years, and that was this like plucky fighting against the three traditional powers with the Tennessee, Florida, and Georgia, and like you have South Carolina who's also like in the mix. So like any time that I see South Carolina doing something good, I kind of and to be fair, Kentucky's kind of filled that space. So, like, anytime I see South Carolina doing something good, I'm like, mmm, this is, like, coming on my ground here. He's very engaging. Um, he's very, like, earnest, mm-hmm. right? He's very earnest. And I'm I think, saying, I think he could sell me something. Yeah, and everyone, and this was before Beamer, everyone loves South Carolina at Media Days. It's like, South Carolina. Really? South Carolina. It's always a thing. Why? I don't know. Is it Spurrier? Because I would love Spurrier. I mean... Spurrier media days, yeah. you just like sit back and just let them go. But so I think there's a, um, I think there is a hope and expectation. To be fair, they got a lot of transfer portal uh, additions, Rattler at quarterback, um, and they were not far away from being a lot better last year. Of course, with that Florida win last year, they won by like thirty. Mm-hmm. Uh, that really propelled them, and then they beat North Carolina in the bowl game. So they're on the march, uh, and it's these videos that really get people engaged with him. So I think that uh, I think he's doing well. They're recruiting well. We'll see how it shows itself on the field because, you know, it's one of those things where you could be a lot better, but your schedule is as it is, and you may not be able to, to see much improvement in wins. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. All right. Anybody else that you want to talk about? Uh, just a couple quick hits. Brian Harson basically <laughs> – he like shot down the the uh, inquest into uh, his uh, legitimacy as football coach. If you remember, there was an investigation. I totally had forgotten about that. You totally forgot about yes, that. Yes, completely. Where he like had the affair with the with the uh, staffer that he brought from Boise. It was just a very like it was just a very messy situation. And they did the investigation, and they found out that you know he was not at fault for anything, which was fantastic, uh, fantastic news. So he basically comes in, and he's like, "Yep." Uh, there was an inquiry into me, and it was real uncomfortable, and it didn't work. So you got all these Auburn boosters who are behind the scenes who are trying to get rid of him. 
right? right? And the poor guy, I mean, they're going to win about seven to eight games this year, and they're going to fire him. Yeah. Because he has admitted, and his problem is he has admitted that his his zeal for recruiting is not to where people think it should be. Because if you're Auburn, you think you should be Georgia and Alabama. Right. And, I mean, sure. So when your coach says, no, we're going to bring players in, we're going to develop them, I mean, that doesn't fly. You know, you you want to be out there getting the five stars, and apparently that's not really the the game plan he wants to go at. So he's in a tough spot, but I think the the players will will fight for him uh, because he uh, he certainly fought off the the powers that be in the Auburn community. Yeah, it's kind of I mean it's kind of sad. It's very sad. It's, yeah, it's it sounds like there's not not good things going down on the Golden Plains just behind the scenes. It reminds me kind of a LSU, I think some things like yeah. that so didn't right. end up well for coach o ryan kelly was there first thing a reporter asked him i love this a reporter asked him how much did the lopsided losses to alabama play into the fact that you wanted to leave notre dame for lsu mm. like notre dame got pasted right mm-hmm. by the alabama uh in the uh 2012 national title game and then was it the COVID year maybe i think in the semifinals notre dame got beat again it was a weird question. Yeah. It was like, like, he was at Notre Dame. Notre Dame's a big deal. Yeah. You know, it's it's the biggest, it, I, in my opinion, the most historic and traditional power in college football. Okay. Um, who would you say? I mean, I, I, I don't you, disagree you said, with you that. You said okay is the, okay, you can feel that way. No, I meant like, okay, that makes sense. Like, I think you could, that sounds you could say legit. That, yeah. Right. Yeah, I don't know who I'd say. I think I have like four in my head. Who would they be? Uh, Notre Dame, Ohio State, Alabama. I don't know. I could put a couple other people in there. Yeah. So, I don't know. That was a weird question. Yeah. Uh, a lot of coaches, Lane Kiffin made the comment, like, you come down here and you just get to talk about Alabama. Mm-hmm. To me, to be fair, half the conference, it seems, are – Saving assistance, right? Yeah. Lane Kiffin, Kirby Smart, Jimbo Fisher. Who else? Am I forgetting one? Maybe it's just three. Billy uh, Napier. Billy Napier, yeah. Yeah, new coach of Florida. Yeah. Uh, who's pretty boring. Yeah. He didn't have much to say. But yeah. I was on the last day, and I was desperately searching for my AirPods. Right. All of Thursday. So I didn't really watch. Actually, that was on Wednesday, which is the day before I lost my AirPods, but whatever. Uh, so that excuse didn't really work. Uh, Jimbo talks. He didn't really say anything. Um, we're going to do an under review of Jimbo here soon. So we'll yeah. talk more about Jimbo then. Uh, Vandy also, Vandy has a new logo. Did you see the new I logo? I didn't see it. No. Did you put it in our show notes? No. Well, how am I supposed to do things if you don't just put them in front <laughs> if of I don't, face? If I don't hold your hand? Yeah. You can look it up. It's yeah. not much to see. Okay. What do you think about it? Uh, it's boring. Oh, yeah. That's very boring. Yeah. It's a V. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I like their one that they had. Yeah, with the star. I'm I'm just a fan of like bringing all the logos back from the late '90s. Yeah, to my childhood. And... Well, that almost looks like uh, Villanova. I mean, it's a yeah, colors, a little bit. That's a good point. But... Yeah, it does look like Villanova. Uh-huh. Yeah, Villanova does not. Well, they don't play D1 football. I guess there's that one that has a star behind it. That looks almost like a Star Wars kind of thing, don't you think? Looks like a stapler remover. If you like, turn it one way. <laughs> Uh, okay, so uh, the media came up with their predictions, uh, and they uh, what they do since you uh, apparently I, I don't know why I like beat the table there to like get your attention, but they don't they they make their uh, first like four uh, all SEC teams like who are going to be like the all SEC mm-hmm. players. Mm-hmm. Uh, who cares? We'll do that later. Um, but they did predict the order of finish. So, uh, in the East, they picked Georgia to win. Uh, not a surprise there. And then, again, like, two through six is like, well, who knows. Uh, Kentucky was picked to finish second, barely over Tennessee. Florida was picked to finish fourth. South Carolina fifth. Missouri sixth. And Vandy at the bottom. Uh, in the West, Alabama picked to win the West. Uh, A&M second. Arkansas third. Ole Miss fourth. LSU fifth. I thought it was a bit low. Uh, Mississippi State sixth, and Auburn 
at the bottom. Would you put LSU over Old Miss or Arkansas or A&M? I'd put LSU over Old Miss. Really? Yeah. With a new coach? Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, we'll get to that when we do well, our We'll previews. talk more about that later. Any, like, uh, gut reactions there just looking at that? I don't know. I mean, it's not, it seems about right. That might actually yeah. be what my predictions are. I don't know. Oh, I haven't we'll really see. looked we'll, at it. Yeah, we'll find out. All uh, right. So let's, let's go into the three most interesting teams, and we'll kind of end here. Okay. So Give me your three. Okay, so my uh, first is uh, A&M because they just have so much hype. You know, like the best recruiting class ever. Um, There's like, you know, can Jimbo do anything but beat Alabama that one time? Right. You know, like there's a lot of pressure, and I'm just – I'm really interested to see what this season is. Is it going to be just like a 10-2 and season, like which would be good? Is that good enough? You know, like I'm I'm interested in that. Right. Um, Then – South Carolina, yeah. I'm very interested in because a Beamer could sell me anything, like I've said, and you know, I mean, he got Spencer Rattler. Like, I don't know. I'm just year two, interested in how this is gonna go. Right. Um, and then last one, I put just Georgia because of the story. Yawn. No, because of the story. <laughs> because like, if they go in and they get beat by South Carolina. Like they're not going to lose to South Carolina. Okay, listen. Let me finish my narrative because they could do that. They have done that. It's their story now is they've already, um, you know, we got the top. That is not the narrative anymore. It's going to be like, can we continue to play with the big boys? Are we going to be like Alabama, who is in contention every single year, right. or are we going to do stupid stuff like we've done in the past? I like that because. Alabama doesn't lose to Mississippi State. Right. They lose to Ole Miss. Well, yeah. Which, whatever. Right. I mean, Ole Miss is like a walking chaos agent. Right. So, but they don't lose to Mississippi State. They don't lose to, well, they actually lose to, they lose to Auburn all the time. Yeah. They lose to LSU. But they don't lose to Mississippi State, and they don't lose to Arkansas. When you say they don't lose, it's like they've lost to them once in the last 10 right. years. Right. That's, that's a good point. You know, and then they've lost to A&M once in like the right. last 10 years. Right. So. it's a good point. They yeah. have like one random one, but they're still like. This and, be- and before last year, Georgia always has a dud week. Ohio mm-hmm. State's been the same. Mm-hmm. Alabama doesn't have dud weeks. Right. If they if they do, they still win. So I'm just interested because you know, like we beat Alabama finally. Is it going to be like we just kind of fall back into where we were? Right. <laughs> before, where it's just like now Alabama's still at the top and yeah. Georgia's down here, or is it going to be like no, like. It's Alabama, Georgia still at the top. At the top. Yeah. So. Okay. That's good. I like that. Uh, okay. Here are my top three. I'm actually tied third. Florida and LSU. You know, both were, were stinky last year, mm-hmm. to say the least. Both get new coaches uh, from very different perspectives. Brian Kelly is one of the eight best coaches in the sport. I think people would agree. Um he coached Notre Dame for about 10 years, and people kind of dump on him a little bit because they never could win a big game, and they haven't won a bowl game in forever. But Notre Dame before Brian Kelly was, like, bad. I mm-hmm. mean, they were mid-2000s, late-2000s. They were, like, five, six wins a year. Right. And he made them relevant again, top ten relevant. Uh, so he's a great coach. And he was at Cincinnati. He's a great coach. Before that, they were very successful. So it's going to be interesting to see what he does there. Florida is, I think, not far away from a turnaround in the the sense of two years ago they were in the SEC title game and they were one of the five best teams in the country. Mm-hmm. So, well, and to be fair, LSU, like, you know, the year before that. So, like, these are two teams that I think if they get it right can be right back up there in, like, 10-win territory. So it'll be kind of interesting to see how they navigate that. Uh, my number two most interesting team uh, is Tennessee. Uh, I think Tennessee is, and I hate to say this, but I think Tennessee is is very close to being very good. I think to play a style of offense is very difficult to match up with. They have a dynamite wide receiver in Tillman. And I think if they get any any little bit of better on defense, I think this is a nine-ten win team, and they play uh, Alabama. In Knoxville, and a lot of people are saying, "Oh, yeah, Tennessee's going to win." I'm not going to say that, but I think that they have the potential of, of being a a gate crasher. Is that mm. a word? Gate crasher? I don't know. Party crash? Gate crash? They're going to crash something. Okay. Uh, are they so, going to throw bottle like mustard bottles and? 
Uh, well, th- if things go south, then yes. And and who who else knows uh, what else they'll throw? But I think by far the most interesting team they always are because they're always like, oh, what crap are they going to do now? Because they either win four games or twelve. The Auburn Tigers. I mean, it's just going to be fun, and the Harrison watch is going to be fascinating uh, to to kind of see how that goes. They quietly have, I think, the best running back in the conference, and Tank, Tank Tank Bigsby, who no one's talking about. And I think Auburn is. It's unfortunate because I always love the seasons where Auburn plays Alabama at home because that game is nuts. You know, when they play at Alabama, they usually lose, but. Uh, they don't get that game, uh, but they do get, and they have to go to Georgia as well. Mm-hmm. They get a game against Penn State early on, which will be fun. So Auburn's going to be fun as usual uh, to follow. Well, fun, yeah, yeah, for some, for some, <laughs> probably not Auburn fans. Yeah, not this year. All right, uh, so yeah, we're going to be back in August doing preview stuff. Uh, maybe an episode uh, to to preview the East and the West. We'll see. It is a crazy month around here. So yeah, I don't know when we haven't had a crazy month yet. Actually, so. that's true. We have a crazy life, uh, but we've got to get ready for our SEC Media Days application for next year. Yes, and, and, and fill that out in a. I think we do need to have an episode where we're actually filling that out. Yes, kind of, kind that's of fine with me. See how that goes. So I'll look into that. Uh, so I'm Ben. I'm Brittany. And it's been you, me, and the SEC.